Welcome to Feel Feelings with Danny and George, the show that talks about feelings and the things that make you feel them. I'm Danny. That's George. All right. Welcome to the show. We'll reversal we've, today. We, I always fuck it up. I purposely, this is my new pot on where I say, I'm Danny, you're George, uh, and see if anyone picks up on it. Yeah. Enough people listen that it's going to be like, yeah, we just assumed he was telling us the truth. <laughs> Wait, is it audio or is it, uh, it's just audio. Just okay, audio. I was going to say, like, they can read the tags under our names. No, no, they can't. And sometimes I change mine to John Deary just to fuck with them. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> one bald guy versus the next. What there, really is the difference? We are interchangeable. We are. Are like the, we're like the end of the three amigos. Wait, George, are you also 5'4"? Before we go too far, that, that voice you hear is Emily Epstein-White. Now hey, we can Emily Epstein-White's here. Hello. Thanks for having me, folks. Welcome. Thank you. I am six one on a good day, so I'm like if uh, I'm like if uh, John Deary was like Mike TV and got put in the uh, taffy puller. <laughs> You're like a Deary and a half. Thank you. That's his sitcom. Deary and um, a half. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I next time I see you, George, I'm gonna stand next to you and I'll be able to tell exactly how tall you are because I am five feet and I can always tell if someone is a foot or taller than me. Interesting. I'm very yeah, definitely. Next time. The worst superpower ever. Yeah, I can't imagine how many times it comes in handy, but <laughs> it doesn't. Good. <laughs> I would have loved if that was that guy, like, he's going to school. He's like, I'm going to shed the Gigantor name. He shows up in his freshman dorm day one. They're like, oh, you're Gigantor, right? Hey, yo, Gigantor. Uh, but he's, he's a great guy. Super nice. Um, he, uh, he will get in an Uber or a Lyft, depending on how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And he always asks the Lyft driver the same question. If you could have a superpower, but it couldn't help anyone, like it is a useless superpower. Okay. What would you have? Huh. And this is just every time we got in an Uber, that's the question he would ask. And does the Lyft driver or Uber driver ever say, yeah, this is a not a not speaking um, ride? Surprisingly, I, I no. <laughs> not unless they want a tip. Have you gotten some good answers? Um, I'm trying to think of some... I know that there was like a, a mine which was helpful to me. Like it's a it's a it can't like be used for world domination and you can't be used to save the world. It is purely for like selfish uses only. Oh, it can help you though. It can I guess it could help me. Yeah. I, I was thinking of myself as also a person, but I, I see where you would come you in. You should never think of yourself as a person, Danny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh mine is just like um when you can like phase through objects, like just walk through walls, but it's only to do it. So like, it's a quicker trip to where I need to get to like straight line, quickest point between uh quickest way between two points is a straight line. Like that's my mentality. Like I can get to the kitchen faster if I go through these two walls rather than going around the pillar of the house. 
And it doesn't extend to like, if you grab the person, they also have that ability. No. Cause that'd be helping people. Okay. So that, that was going to be my question about the whole process is mm -hmm. like, cause like I would love to have super speed, but that can help somebody. I wouldn't use it to help somebody, but it can. Hmm. So is it like not on the table? You know what? I will compare it to, did, did we all watch the uh, 1990s masterpiece mystery men? Yeah, of course. Not recently, but yes. Yeah, okay. So it's it's like Keenan Mitchell's power, or Kel Mitchell's power. I combined both of them. Kel Mitchell's yeah. power, uh, where he can turn invisible, but only if no one's looking at him. It's that level of superpower. God, how satisfying is it when he actually does turn invisible, though? It is pretty good. Hmm. And Janine Garofalo is pleased. <laughs> I wish that my superpower that doesn't really help anyone would be when I get really irritated uh, that people would notice and do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> and for that, maybe we should start the show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but thank you so much for coming on. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we, I'm have excited. we have a large novelty wheel behind us, but we don't have to spin that just yet. Uh, let's, how are you? How are things? I am doing my best. Good. <laughs> Good. I yeah. like the honesty. I like, I appreciate um, people, the candor. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's funny. Like, I feel like when people ask how I'm doing the best I can give them is okay ish. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like you should just give them the story of the three of us riding in the backseat of your car. We're like, how am I doing? Well, I had adults in my child seats, so you tell me. <laughs> I have I have two small children, and I have different sized car seats, and you don't take them out because those things like are very difficult to get oh, in. Yeah, I yeah, I've seen that process too many times. Yep, yep. So I gave uh, Dan and Jillian and Meg, and who was the other? There was another person. There was definitely someone else there. We wouldn't have had to use both who's seats. Very but important, who's a person that matters, but I can't remember who it was. And I gave them a ride and they were all wedged in there. I couldn't see behind because the car seats make you taller. Um, <laughs> and I almost went over a curb and killed us all. But you know what? I didn't. That's and that's true. what matters that's here. Yeah. yeah, we all got to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah, he, Dan has no legs now from the uh, incident, but you can't I tell that. Oh my God, he's too. actually Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's about yep. time. It's yep. a great day to be alive. <laughs> the number of kids in, in school who would come up to me and just do that. You have no legs. I'm like, well, I, I do though. <laughs> okay. Kids are the best. They're just kids rule. <laughs> nice creatures and well-developed and... So much emotional intelligence. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh Christ. Yeah. A, A equals B, go. That's the full extent of the thought process. I, uh, A equals B now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know who this child is to me, um, but. Uh, are, you sure, are you sure this is a safe story to tell? This is a safe story to tell. He's a sweet kid. <laughs> uh, he is Casey's cousin's child. So I guess he's a nephew of some sort. He's someone's nephew, yes. He's someone's yeah. nephew. Yes, he's someone's and, child, too. And I am George <laughs> to this child. Uh, but he We're loves someone's child. Think about that. <laughs> I was hatched. Um, <laughs> Still, your mother laid the egg. No. <laughs> I didn't actually want to have this conversation. I was joking. <laughs> I actually I like to think of myself as the ancient demon that was trapped in that rock in Japan. 
and I was just unleashed upon the world one day after that bowler cracked open. Did anyone else hear this story? I don't no. know. You're a very calm fury after that that, yeah. uh, that origin story. So yeah, yeah. No, there is there is a, a a legend that there was this stone near a Japanese castle that had uh, entombed a spirit inside of it that would like haunt the countryside. Like it's just the classic beginnings of a Japanese horror film. And they went to go check on it a couple weeks ago, and it had like the stone had cracked in half, and so a lot of this Uh-oh. Japanese village is losing their goddamn mind. Um, but anyway, so there's this child. Uh, I forgot that there was a story before. This. <laughs> there is a, this story. Uh, he loves dinosaurs. Speaking of just children doing annoying things. Yeah, what is he, a child? <laughs> he is a child. Uh, he's uh, three, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but he plays this game called Dinosaur Eat George, where he runs over and he goes, and he grabs my fucking ham hock on, on my side. And I have to go, ah, and then you just continue the conversation like nothing happened. And then he'll run around the table again and get you from the other side. So we'll just be talking and ah, and we'll just have to continue the conversation as if nothing's happened. Because if we acknowledge him to ah, doing it, it's uh, it ruins the game and he gets upset. Oh, <laughs> kids are the best. One hey, of these days, you're going to show up and he's going to be like, how many times before the leg falls off? <laughs> <laughs> The funny part that he doesn't know about the game is that your part of the game is not hitting him accidentally because you're furious with this game. Um, and he doesn't even know that's a part. That's like that's a, a part thing. of it. Yeah. yeah the, the willpower to succeed in the adult side of the game is tremendous. Adulting the, uh, is hard. Yes. I can imagine. This is, this is why I've chosen never to grow up. Smart. Yep. Smart. I'm just going to live free, die porn alone. Hey, it's one of my songs. Anyway. Did you say die porn? Die porn and alone? Die porn. Die porn and alone. <laughs> okay. Uh, die porn alone. Die porn alone. Die porn alone. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the my that's steps of life in reverse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you by yourself in the in the forest, tie dyeing t shirts naked. Yep. Die porn alone. Uh. <laughs> Anyway, so we do have this novelty wheel. Should we spin it and see what emotion we're going to talk about today? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Intern. And we got brave. Ooh. Ooh. I feel very brave doing this whole show on my phone. I have no idea what it's going to sound like when I have to edit it. But I that's think my I... problem for later. Emily, what makes you feel brave? Um, very few things. Uh, I, I guess the one, my one, usually, usually bravery and stupidity are like neck and neck. Um, <laughs> So like, I'll usually, so what I found is that like, I'll make a decision I think is brave and then realize later that it is stupid. Mm. Um, Best example of that, that I can think of off the top of my head is when I was in New Zealand, I went bungee jumping and it was off a bridge over the water. Um, And I went with my dad who also is very brave and doesn't like hesitate, which is really irritating. So you can't even see if he's like processing feelings or if he has them. (laughs) I feel like that would have to be me also though, but thinking about it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like just no facial expression. You can't tell maybe there's, maybe he's dead inside. I don't know, but like (laughs) you just can't. Yeah. 
So <laughs> we go to do it. He says he'll do it with me. My mom's just like on the side rewriting her will. And um, <laughs> my dad jumps and he just like jumped. The only emotion of any kind is when he jumped off her and go, oh, that was it. <laughs> Whoops. Famous last words. Just oh. like, hey, this is the thing I do. I just jump off like 300 foot bridges over water like every day. Um, so he did that and he went and it looked beautiful and fun. And I was like, all right, let's go. And then I, but I had time to think about it while he was jumping and watching it. And I was like, this is a bad idea. I don't want to do this at all, but I can't <laughs> let him show me up. Like he's so much older and I have so much to give. And so then I jumped, uh, and I was wearing a, I was jumping and, and it, it felt good. I let out a much louder noise than he did. And <laughs> I was, and it sounded, I think like a, like a bird being strangled was kind of the, <laughs> like that kind of just very guttural, but high pitch. And I, and I, I'm jumping and then I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, kind of nice. And I, and I get to the bottom and what I didn't think about at all was that a bungee cord is basically like a rubber band. So once you get to the bottom, you're not done. <laughs> you bounce. Um, and the other thing that was fun that I didn't think through is that it was very cold. So I had like lots of big bulky stuff on. And when you're shoved upside down, it's like a girl's gone wild thing and like a shirt tries to come <laughs> off. So I'm, I'm trying to look cool, but I'm also like holding my sweater with one hand, but the other one is up because you need to show that you're doing this. And then I bounced like three times uh, and then I got to the bottom and I survived. Obviously I'm here. How, but. Do, how do you get down from well, the It has rope? always been my question, yeah. You get very, very close to the water. And then once you stop bouncing, which feels about three years in time, uh, they lower you into a boat. To a boat. Okay, so there is a Ooh. there is a winch mechanism. And I yeah. figured like someone grabs like a hook or something, pulls you over, and like you just gotta like undo you upside down and like they drop a your ass. Thing, just a big yeah. just hello, my baby, hello, and then they just, yep, <laughs> they play they play out they play out <laughs> with some ragtime. Uh, <laughs> I always hated the emotion because I got it too of of like you know oh so and so is doing it and they're older so why shouldn't you do it. Like I, I hated roller coasters growing up. I can only ride roller coasters in Disney World because there's some sort of like vague veil of like you can't die in Disney. People they die in Disney every here. year. Uh, but I'm just, just like don't can't, report them. Yeah. can't die on Thunder Mountain. But anytime I've been like waiting at like as a kid, I would like wait in line and I'd be like panicking and nervous. And my mom could clearly like see me in this panic state and go like, George, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you acting this way? Look, that kid's like half your age and he's doing fine. Oh, and it's like, oh, why? That's not the fucking point, mom. Like clearly this kid's really well adjusted. He's not a child of divorce. Like maybe cut me some fucking slack. I hope you told her that. I hope that you said that. <laughs> yes, I was a very, I was a very. Maybe uh, I'm like this because of you, mom. Super <laughs> sassy as a child. Um, my husband is also like afraid of heights slash not really heights. I think just roller coasters. And his okay. feeling is like, just get over it to get over it okay. so he we were at six flags and he decided that he was going to do every roller coaster there that day and i like roller coasters so i was all about it but it was also very very hot that day mm -hmm. and he is black all of our friends were black i was the only white person 
And when you go on roller coasters on a warm day that are close to the sun, eventually what happens is you get extremely sunburned. Um, okay. Except yes. I was the only one that got sunburned. And <laughs> he and all his friends were looking at me like, what, what is happening to your skin? What do you call that? <laughs> like an ouchie hot, a sun yuck? What, what is that? What, sunburn. White people call it a sunburn. Yeah. And um, yeah, so he got over his fear that day and I was ex in excruciating pain. Yeah, I can imagine. Jesus, as a bald man where like the closest part of my body is to the sun yeah. is an like an exposed skin shelf uh it is my least favorite part of being bald like i sometimes i'll get really gnarly burned because i'm not paying attention or don't put on sunscreen and it I, my entire head looks like a cracked egg Aww. like this the sun peels away in like a vein style like a vascular system on the top of my head it is not great <laughs> may i ask what is your favorite part about being bald Favorite part about being bald? I just love looking like every other comedian in an open mic circuit. I like. I like being. I had just for that reason, you've inspired me. Yep, I like yeah. being one in five. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little girl come up to me today and tell me because I, I was wearing a sweatshirt outside in like 70, 72 degree weather or whatever because I I don't like sunburn, so I I didn't put on suntan lotion, so I wore my sweatshirt outside, and the girl could not understand. But when I explained the sunburn part, she gave me the full family history of sunburn every year that her and her little brother and her dad just cannot seem to figure out. And it was disgusting. She's like, my my brother just likes to let, like lay on the sand and we have to peel him every year. I'm like, Great. I do not like the phrase, you have to peel him every year. Yep. And then she just smiled and went back to the playground. <laughs> I was okay. just left with this image that she was fine with. She's in kindergarten. She's like, yeah, we feel my brother, whatever. Ugh. You know why she told you that? Uh, probably because she is a product of divorce. <laughs> you know? Yep. That's got to be it. They, they tend to have those mouths on them. Yep. Mm -hmm. They do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mouthy. Yep. We're oversharers <laughs> as, as a people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man can't wait to get married guys both of them are gonna be there it's gonna be fucking great <laughs> yeah no weddings are the one time where people kind of have to behave themselves you you'll get one it. good day you'll get one good night out of it <laughs> god i hope so <laughs> george aside from getting married have you done any of these bungee jumping type activities uh no no i i think the I'm trying to think. I I'm not a big fan of heights because my stepbrother tried to push me off the mountain at Acadia National Forest when I was a kid. Oh God! Your stories make a lot of sense. Always <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I just don't think I'm ever going to do that. I mean, it's like, yeah, because someone tried to murder me. As a child. <laughs> yeah. Well, I see the correlation. And I'm wanna, just going to accept it. <laughs> you want to hear some trauma for the podcast? Yes. Was, uh, my 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 dad and stepmom were up visiting uh, us in New Jersey, and we were just chit chatting, having a glass of wine and stuff. And I and I brought up this moment that neither of them remembered that they both repressed. Oh, that's the best kind of trauma. Yeah, like they repressed it. I remember it. My stepbrother. Right? So there used to be this TV series called The Knights of Tiernanog, and it was it was an Irish 
Power Rangers. It was the producers of Power Rangers decided to film a TV show in Ireland using the same formula as Power Rangers, but make them Mystic Knights. Okay. I bought all the action figures. It was my favorite show. Loved it every second. What was it, it on? I've never heard of this. I think before. it was like upn maybe or like that, whatever that, that, that fits yeah. yeah it was like it was off off broadway for cable <laughs> so uh we uh i love this tv show it was my favorite tv show and i bought all the action figures and some of the pieces on the action figures are posable and so I, uh, the hand popped off of the red knight and my stepbrother who like whatever he's he, there's these new people in his house and he's never had he's also had like a kind of troubling childhood he's also a child of ours pins me down has my sister help and makes me swallow the toy hand from oh, this action no. figure and and my stepmom comes running over rips them both off of me and it's just me going i swallowed it i, sw <laughs> I, sw I swallowed it <laughs> i'm probably like six at this point and then wow. my and then my mom had to using like sandwich baggies sift through my poop to make sure that the hand passed through Came my system through. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and i brought this up i was like do you guys not remember that she was like no that never happened and, and that's why i'm like i am <laughs> after her like 20 minutes right. later, i never can wash my hands <laughs> it's just yeah it's this thing where like you gotta i think i think as time went on so we can get back on the topic of brave like as time went on you do have to like put on a brave face to all this stuff that you did fear at one point like it's the yeah, opposite of, I, I imagine it's hard for you to eat action figures now. it's i can never do it it's like the time i ate that dark wing duck action figure from burger king uh but that's for a different time <laughs> that sounds more intentional <laughs> uh listen let's get dangerous um <laughs> but no like the, the the bravery that comes from fear and comes from stupidity uh i think are two different braveries do you know what i mean mm -hmm. like the stupidity is like there's a there's a level of that where it's i know i'm gonna be okay but I know this is not the best choice. And then there's the one out of fear where it's like, I need to do this to get over the hump of it. Other than like physical fear of things, I don't know how, how you guys feel, but like the first time I did stand up, it was the same sort of thing. It was like, I wanted to do this thing so badly, but I was so afraid to do it. And then when I did it, I pretty much blacked out. I think I did stand up. I remember vaguely getting up there, but then it was like that moment after I had done it where I was like, oh, nothing happened. Like nothing what oh, yeah. possibly could have happened to me that would have been so bad. Like I would have been a failure. Oh, right. Well, I, I already felt, know that. That's oh, right. I, no? I almost felt let down. Like <laughs> I wanted more to happen because I'd built it up, but like I, I went up there, two jokes I told worked okay. The rest were terrible. I was like, oh, well, that's okay. That's it. Cool. I guess I'm doing this now. That wasn't anything. <laughs> I have no memory of it, uh, except that I tried to record it and I was chewing gum, which I will never do again on stage. And most <laughs> of the set was just, you could hear me chewing and muffled. And that was pretty much, which was probably about how well the set went. But yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I only remember it because I I did it and then I took like six months off. So there wasn't like the you made sure the entire scene had like, given up by then and then you went everyone in the doylestown comedy community will not be here to witness this in six oh, months <laughs> i wish that were true that scene did not turn over <laughs> how big is the doylestown comedy scene I, I don't know that it exists. It's 10 anymore, really committed but, people. Yeah. yeah, while while we were still running the mic there, there was a good chunk of like a dozen people that were there every time. That's kind of like how when I started in North Carolina, it was, which was why it was kind of like in Philly, I felt like I was able to find people and and work with them and and be able to do my jokes and and receive notes not unwarranted uh like i like to say like i found my people in philadelphia like i found i found a good set of people in north carolina i wanted to learn i wanted to figure the whole thing out i mean i bombed the first time i went up and the whole point of why i kept going was because i needed to prove them wrong i was like i need to show them that i can do this uh but it was like 14 people in Asheville, north carolina and then i (laughs) went back there four years later and didn't like i'm not friends with these people so i just wanted to go do the mic and i kind of want to prove it to myself that i could do okay in that room still yeah uh and they were all still there Yep. And one of them recognized me and I was like, See, that's yeah. good. Cause I, I, I imagine like, it sounds like you were so determined that you like bombed at that mic. And then you went around and got every single person's email from that mic. So that mm-hmm. when you came back for your triumphant return, you could be like, I need you to be here. Yeah. yeah. Hey, something. hey, I need you to know. Yep. I'm somebody now. Okay. Yeah. Listen, I'm Philadelphia comedian. George <laughs> that's right. And I'm I not one of you. <laughs> I don't need you. Uh, Although the, the the one one guy he was he was an older fellow that like would travel up from Greenville, South Carolina to Asheville. It was like the next small scene in that area, uh, and he was like, "Oh, hey, George, been a while. How are you?" And I was like, "Fucking, you remember me? I don't even have hair anymore." <laughs> well, there were fourteen people on the comedy scene, and then you left, and there were thirteen. Yeah. So they and but they but they never made it seem like they wanted me. It's just oh. the it's just the end of Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's like, why did you kill him? Ask. He liked you. <laughs> no, he didn't. They didn't like me. <laughs> Any comedy scene that you go to, you have to find your people. Yeah. Big or small. I mean, I started in New York, so you really have to find your people or it's super duper lonely. And then yeah. I moved to California, to the Bay Area, and then I had to find my people again. And then I moved to Philly, and I had to find my people again. That's kind of where I'm at now, where like I moved to the outskirts of jersey city and new york and now it's like great i know alex grubard and i know no one else (laughs) and he's doing yeah he's doing great with the weed and cut the stone stuff so it's not like i can be like hey can i jump on your show i don't smoke weed it makes me nervous (laughs) may i travel around as your roadie can i I just do do you want me to I'll run, I'll run the list. I'll make sure everyone knows that they're on in two. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There are a lot of, there are a lot of good comics actually in Jersey city. I, you know, will have to I know a bunch you. actually. I'm going to connect you. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, uh, give me their emails. I have to I make sure that they're you, there at that show. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, let's, you um, your presence. Yes. Uh, let's take a quick break and we will be right back after these messages.
Weirdos. I'm Meg. And I'm Alyssa, and we're the hosts over at the podcast, Real Chills. Do you love the unexplained? Do you listen closer for things that go bump in the night? If so, Real Chills podcast is for you. The best part is all our stories are true. You can check us out on Spotify. And if you have a story you'd like to share, email us at realchillspodcast at gmail.com. Hey everybody, Danny here with Plugs. Just want to apologize real quickly for the sound quality on my side of things. I had some technical difficulties and we weren't able to find a different time to reschedule. So we just had to go with it. Hopefully it doesn't sound too bad for you. I think it came out okay. You can find Emily Epstein White on all the social media places at MEPS, E-M-E-P-S. You can find George and I at Feel Feelings Pod on all the places. And if you could, while you're while you're sitting here listening, take a second and like, share, rate, review, do all the stuff on whatever apps you're using, whatever they let you do. Please take a second and do that for us. That would be awesome. On the Wasted Robot side of things, make sure you're checking out the other shows on the network. You can find out about those at WastedRobotRecords.com, along with all the albums that we've put out so far. Go check it all out. And I think that's it for the week. Back to the show. We back. And we're back, everybody. Um, we've discussing that Dan is going to chop off all his hair, not for charity, just for choice. And yeah. uh, how selfish that must be. Dan, he's gone. He left. <laughs> he, he offended him. He was like, fuck this. Uh, I'm keeping all this in. Well, that was the Zoom version of storming out. <laughs> I wish day. I wish there was a way that you could. Oh, he's back. I wish there was a way that you could like slam a door in Zoom. That was amazing. <laughs> what happened? Did we hurt your feelings? This is going to be a blast to edit. (laughs) I think Zoom heard that I was being selfish and it was like, get him out of here. Yeah, Yeah, I thought you were like, well, fuck you guys. (laughs) We're sponsored by Locks for Love, you motherfucker. That's what happened. I wonder how close I actually am to that. Nine inches, baby. That's what you need. I I don't think I'm there, but I think I'm close. Just push hard tonight. It's I I did it once. I donated my hair once. And the best part is that they just cut it off in a ponytail and then you put the ponytail in a Ziploc bag and then you mail it because anthrax is no longer a problem. And it is so like I had it in my bag and I went to a bar after and it fell out of my bag when I went to get my wallet. And there's just no easy way to have a conversation with a stranger about why. Uh, this is my trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, when I get that word of a toad, this spell is going to be gone. Like, there's, just, there's nothing that you can do. I like the idea of just carrying around weird shit in your bag. Like if I was a woman, I would just carry on the weirdest things in a, in a bag just for the conversation. I mean, as we do this show, we've done it for what? Two years now. 
and I just pick things up and look at them all the time because of my ADD. I would keep so much random stuff in a bag if I was a woman. George. Yes. I'm going to tell you something. Is it? I don't need to be a woman to have a bag. That was it. Exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Breaking news. Wow. You could, and you can, any person, you can just methodically take everything out of your bag anywhere you want. You might be arrested depending on what's in it, but like that's something you can do. That's great news because Dan has this favorite thing. I'm thinking about taking him on the road when we do do tours. It's this horrifying sloth thing. Oh yeah. No, that's scary. <laughs> that is do you put pins in it? Is that is it a no? No, he just off? he just looks. He just looks and stares, and he gets real close. And sometimes he turns slowly to look back at me, but then he oh, immediately God. looks back. Uh, I just wish his eyes were more apparent on camera because I, yeah. I can tell they're there, but they just come through real empty. They're little beads. There uh, is a soul trapped inside that sloth. Absolutely. Does um, it make you feel brave to handle that sloth, George? Yeah, I feel like I am his keeper. Does it make you feel brave to face him every week? I do. I, I don't know when he's going to show up, so I'm always on on guard. And my bravery is showing through. <laughs> there we go. Does he have a name? Not yet, but I imagine it has to be something ancient sounding, like yes. Uh, Jeff. Yes, <laughs> Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Yeah. Not um, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, like referee, Jeffrey. but Jeffrey. There's an extra e in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tickle, put it fashion. wherever it tickles you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't know what makes me brave. We we talked a little bit about stand up and how like the bravery it takes to do that. I would say that, yeah, my bravest moments in life have been performing or like working up to perform or putting together something to then present. Um, those are always the moments where like my fight or flight gets put in uh its place but there's also been times where like you know on a on a on a trip on the l train in philadelphia there's been a couple touch and go times <laughs> uh i remember i i used to do it in my set but there was a man on the train like he took out a knife and was like hitting it against the like walking up and down oh god the the train car hitting it against the handrail portion of it and he like he'd already mugged someone in the corner uh and i got off the train a stop early because i was like no way i'm dealing with this dude yep. i'm getting off <laughs> not yeah. waiting that one out <laughs> yeah went upstairs to talk to the guy and i was like hey there's a man with a knife on the train and that man could not have been less bothered by that information. I was like, call the cops to meet him at the following station. Like, oh, oh, wow, yeah, that I happens. Just like, yeah, Jerry's back. I know. Yeah. Third time today. God damn it. Yeah. Just could not have been bothered. And more. And like I the one of the punchlines or like one of the tags, I won't call it like the big punchline at the end. But one of the tags throughout that joke was that like he. <sighs> Like, I wasn't mad or scared about it. I was just annoyed that I had to get off my stop. And I feel like that's the embodiment of living in Philadelphia, where it's like <laughs> the the promise of violence is just really inconvenient for everyone. Yeah, my choice to continue my life was inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in that moment, you realize like, oh, yeah, no, like I'm not the suburban kid from Connecticut anymore. If like I'm merely annoyed, like I am braver for living it like outside of my comfort zone. I am braver for doing things that uh, 
most people like anytime I've mentioned that I'm a comic, people are like, Oh, I could never. So brave. So brave. You're so brave. Can't believe you could do that. I could never do that. I was like, I've seen a lot of fucking people do it and half of them are terrible. Oh. Yeah. Like it's it's more easy. every day. <laughs> it's it's hard to be good. It's easy to get to up there and, and do be- it. Oh, what about the people that are bad but do it for a really long time? So they're like polished bad. Polished That's like the bad. Worst kind of bad. Yeah, yeah. They just they, deliver but... bad jokes flawlessly because they done it for so long. Yeah, they, they spent ten years working that one joke. <laughs> There's. I remember there was a comic. I won't mention names, but you know, I'm sure both of you have probably met this comic. And I was new to the scene and they would get up and do their stuff and you'd be like, okay, they're, they're trying it, whatever. Same set. Maybe they'll say something different. I was sitting next to a, a, a veteran comic and they went, I can't believe he's still doing this. And I was <laughs> like, these jokes? Yeah, it's been like a couple of weeks. He goes, no, stand up. He's been doing these jokes for 10 years. There's always one, at yeah. least one in every scene. And I like, I looked at, I looked comedy. at the veteran comic and then I looked back at the person and I was like, yeah, you can actually hear that these jokes are dated. Like, <laughs> like there's a timeline with these jokes. Rotary really phones, crazy, am I yeah, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, that's always my fear. Cause like, that's the thing with stand up. the whole, like, the whole like Chris Rock stuff brought that all up. The, the idea that like, in order to be a comic, you don't need a degree. You don't, there's nothing. The only thing that proves that you're a comic is if you say you're one, you know what I mean? Like no one can debate yeah. it. And so the fact is like, you can just decide this is something you do and do it forever. And there's no one to really like say, no, you're not actually a comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not like a board you report to. Yeah. And that's like, so scary to me that like, what if I'm that person? So they're like, holy shit, she's writing new stuff. But it's, oh, it's been bad for 50 years. She's just mad. And she just comes back. And you're just like, eh. but she's trying. Like, oh, she's God. doing it. I, I like to think that statistically, we well, try to get this down to numbers. I'm not a math guy, but we can get this down to numbers and say that, like, there is a percentage of people that think you're hilarious. And I don't just mean like your family putting up no, with you. Like I mean, strangers. Stati- like yeah. strangers think that this is the perfect joke. I love this joke. And it just takes some time finding those people. Now, whether or not you are <laughs> funny enough to fill a room or, you know, do a club or a small venue or a VFW or a bar show, like even if that's the only amount of people that can fit into that room, those are your people. Those are the people that get that humor. And and then you have the, you know, the folks that come in sideways where it's like, okay, some of his jokes are funny, some of his jokes are not. And they turn up to this invisible gathering. Like they that slowly builds over time. But I think people early on in their comedy careers think that if I'm not funny for every single one of these fuckers in this room, then what's the point? And they don't work on it and learn from what the original people that thought those first couple jokes were funny. Like, hey, what's the best way to enhance this? So like, hey, what, how? Oh, let's try to write something new for the other people that are only half in. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's it, it's a it's a game of numbers. And there are so many kids that did stand up while I was kind of tr- figuring it out on my own as well that like. 
they saw me a year in and were like, well, how am I supposed to do that? Like, you're not, I'll give up. And they walk out like, I'm, I'm not great. I'm like, yeah, I'm still working the legend on it. Of George. There's no, there's no <laughs> legend of George, but there's been like several people that like, you know, they gravitate like, oh man, like, thanks for being nice. I'm like, yeah, we're all in this together. But they think that like, oh, because I did first half at a thing that I must be something special. No, I just, I can, I can make a crowd laugh drunk on a Sunday night. That's the only thing I can do. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's such a weird thing to think of that people would give up on doing something that they've grown up loving and to be brave. And then like you work all your courage up to be brave, to get on stage and it's not met with the result that you thought it would be. So then you stop. Like yeah. where did all that buildup come from? If you didn't want to work on it. Where are the people like they're the people that are like, Oh, you're a comic. That's like so brave. I could never do that. I want to know where the people are that come up to you who are like, why the fuck would you do that? That's such a weird choice. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't respect you. And you're like, yeah. I respect you for Thank telling you. me. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had a, my, I had a, a boyfriend when I first started stand up who was not a comic and we were long distance and it was great. Cause I was spending all my time doing stand up, and then I'd like see him. And, and then when he finally moved to New York and he saw what I was doing, which wasn't a secret, he was like, I don't understand why you enjoy this. And he's like, it makes me so anxious that this is what you do. I was like, I'm not asking you to do it too. Like, it's yeah. not like, yeah, don't you don't have to come with me. No, all, you don't have to come. But yeah. All was... of my college friends are that person. Where oh, they're really? Like, they're like, you're funny. Like, you've made me laugh. Congratulations. This is fear inducing for me. Like this yeah. is like from the other people. They're like, I don't understand why you do this. But I met Casey, who's also a performer. She's a musician. She's fantastic. And I love her very much. She gets that portion of it. She goes like, oh, yeah, you're going to do your lap or like, OK, yeah, yeah, no, no, you're going to work that out. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, try this. You know, as as a musician, she sees that step by step process of it. And it's the people that I don't think have the experience in that are like, how could you ever or like, fuck you? Why are you doing this? <laughs> like yeah. It's that same group of people that like their fear, their lack of bravery is what dictates them to have this visceral fear of and someone else getting up. Interesting that all of us are involved with performers because mm -hmm. it yeah. says something yeah. that you're like, I understand why you do this. Not that constant, like, why are you doing this again? Because that mm -hmm. makes it, mm -hmm. you just get it. You get each other. And that that's a very beautiful thing. So, I remember. Yeah, I think it's very difficult for creative people not to have people who are creative in their lives yeah true but like if i would married like an actuary man like i mean come <laughs> on dude life would be so much easier <laughs> i mean for sure uh dan what makes you feel brave you know i don't think anything specifically makes me feel brave i just know that in so many situations i have been we're like I think about like growing up playing football and playing sports where like, I know I'm about to go get my ass kicked, but like, here we go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like I just approach so many things with that mindset of like, yeah, this, this could suck. This could hurt. I could yeah. leave here just way worse than I went into it, but like, let's find out. Let's go. <laughs>
there's a, there's a beautiful level of let's find out that is really powerful to any person learning how to be brave. I think, I think the, uh, into the, into the deep, like that level of like two, two deep breaths and take a jump. Like it takes a special kind of person to do that. I don't know if it's performers or athletes or like, you know, it's, it's the people that can do that, that show a different kind of bravery. There's people that run into burning buildings. There's people that, you know, run into war, uh, but it's it's also the people that are like, all right, let's see what fucking happens. And like, yeah. it's it's the person right behind the person way too gung ho and like brave to do it. You're just like, oh, okay. Dan, are you are you a good athlete? I'm hard to say in the present tense, but I was. Yeah. Well, okay. Because I think it is absolutely brave that you think about it. Like this could get ugly, and then you go do it. But like the people that are really bad at stuff, and they're like, "Well, it's I'm on the team. I have to do this. I have to. I have to play 12 more games. So let's just mm, let's see what happens." Yep. And yeah. And like it. It feels so reckless now in hindsight because I I remember the thought when I stopped playing a lot of sports it was just like no, this is dumb. It's when it, when it crossed over from like, let's find out to like, no, I found out a bunch. <laughs> like I, I know what this is going to be now. And I don't know that I want to continue down this path anymore. <laughs> like, like bravery led me to a terrible place over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my friend has a traumatic brain injury, but yes, no, let's play again. Let's do yeah, this. Yeah. Again. Yeah, let's happened. do this. <laughs> I remember we, I, uh, what was your friend's name? They write for the Atlantic. Oh, or the athletic, um, the, the athletic Andy McCullough. Yeah. So when Andy McCullough was on the show and you two were just reminiscing about concussions, <laughs> I was yeah. like, what? You were children when this yeah, was happening. Two, you were two very smart people. You can read Andy's writing online. A, a brilliant writer. I consider myself very smart. Also, I'll let, I'll let you guys be the, be the ultimate judge of it. Who knows? <laughs> but I, I consider myself very smart also. But the two of us just like casually talking about the reasons our brains don't work as well. <laughs> was very weird it felt good it felt good to have somebody who understood but like it was like yeah there's we, we could be even smarter like the fact that our brains work now is because we had enough like logical thought to be like let's cut this off let's stop yeah. this now yeah. or the concussions rattled your brain in a really brilliant way oh yeah maybe i was an idiot child <laughs> i'm just trying to glass half full it that's all that's all i'm doing here i mean i i feel fine so Good. the, the ultimate effects are not incredibly negative and lots of great memories when I can have them. I don't think you have the best. Uh, uh, I don't think you have like the best choices you've done. I don't think you've made the best choices. For instance, you do a podcast about feelings with your comedian friends who can't take anything seriously. <laughs> starring a boy that can't cut his hair and a child of divorce that constantly pivots to his own trauma. Yeah, Maybe like not the most entertaining that, uh, show, but yeah, I started this show just so that I could have people come on and remind me what the emotions are, so that I could just like <laughs> fill them back in. <laughs> just, just I like the segment where uh, Dan sits in the corner and just kind of says "happy," <laughs> and then yeah, he does, that's his our, only our part for the show. <laughs> yeah, if you look at our logo, I'm the scientist and the robot on the slab. <laughs> yep, nice. And I'm there. I think I have a clipboard in the logo. Hold on. Yeah, you're doing something. I did something in there. Uh, while I look this up, 
Ooh, I forgot I've saved that meme. Let me show you guys this really quickly. Uh, and this is for just the viewers in the chat. I ordered an everything bagel. Oh, this was a very weak, weak bagel. Look at this. Look at this quote unquote everything bagel. Where is everything? Exactly. They left a good chunk of everything off of it. This this has less everything bagel stuff on it than the plain bagel at the bottom of the bag with another everything bagel in it. That's like <laughs> that bagel is like everything on the bagel got in a fight, and after they cleared the area, that was what was left. Yeah, exactly. Wait, you go one way, I'll go the other. We'll, yeah. We won't We're be here in the middle anymore. The salt and poppy seeds had a <laughs> turf war. <laughs> and just left the sesames strewn about the place. I think someone should animate that fight. I happen to know an animator. I know an animator. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do have a clipboard and safety glasses in the in the in the promo. <laughs> yes, yes. Safety first. You gotta be safe. <laughs> should we uh should we talk to the people on the internet about what made them feel brave? Is it sure. time for that segment? Yeah, we can do that. We can uh, hop to that. All right, let's hop to that. All right, this one comes up for a lot of people, and I don't always agree, but lately I have been. But answering a phone call. I hate this. I This is my least favorite thing, and I work at a place where I have to answer the phone for customer service. I fucking hate talking oh, on gosh. phones. Do not call me if you try. Alex Yang, friend of the show, tries to call me all the time to work out bits. And I do. I will say, like, do not call me. He's the only person I've been honest with where I'm just like, just don't fucking call me. Like, it's not an excuse. I'm not I'm not doing something. I could take your call. Do not yeah, fucking call me. I am me. available. <laughs> Is it because you're a child of divorce? It's got to be because my dad only had bad news. Oh, sorry, bud. Can't get you this weekend. It's always Aww. bad news on the fucking phone. Wow, it actually was. <laughs> um, caller ID is a problem because I don't I don't dread phone calls from everybody, but like like when my mother in law calls, I know it's gonna be a long one sided mm -hmm. call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh I can't specifically talk about where I work or the job that I do, but um there's a uh I, I sell a specific old man instrument that old men like to call and complain about the instrument and it's a 45 minute conversation every time and it's gotten to a point where i will just forward them over to a guy that i work with who specifically works with that old man instrument <laughs> and then we just chit chat about who the fuck we talked to afterwards <laughs> can i guess where you work sure is it a tuba manufacturer it is not uh <laughs> There's a specific kind of human that's like, oh, these pickups sound so light. It seems really expensive for $3,000 to get a thing that I want to hang up. Like, and they're just buying it because they're fans of this band. Mm. So they're, they're buying a painting, let's say. They're, they're yeah, buying yeah, art for their wall and then wondering why it sounds like crap mm. when they try to play I, it through a like keyboard amp. Yeah, I feel like anytime you have to talk to someone who's a super fan about something that you're not a super fan about, it's just a long, painful conversation. I, I have to say it is a place where I thrive. I am so good at talking to people about stuff I don't care about. Really? 
That is a, that's a superpower. Right before you got on this call, good. I was talking to him about guitar pedals, and he was like, "Damn, that's pretty cool looking." <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I know I know enough about so many things that like I can at least make a an apt metaphor to make it seem like I'm fully invested in the conversation. This is all because you had a concussion. You know that, right? Yep. Oh yeah, I, I got I got accidentally beautiful minded as a child. <laughs> <laughs> And we just found the call tag for the, this is the pull line for the episode. I accidentally got beautiful minded <laughs> as a child. Yeah. The, the whole show makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got, um, going new places alone without panic attacks. This is great. I just got back from Germany and South by Southwest, two places that I was unfamiliar with mm. and had a great time. Did not have a panic attack. I get this. I felt very brave trying to get back uh, from Germany, not speaking any German. Yeah. Great time. Really v good. Gates. V Gates indeed. <laughs> what? <laughs> Again, I there was the I don't know if I told this story yet, but there is this uh, not angry woman. She's just German. Uh, but there's this German woman that ran the hotel, and she would just like she spoke no English, and I needed her help the last day because I needed to call a cab a half hour before I was supposed to be at the airport, and I'm just like, uh, Guten Morgen, uh, <laughs> hello, I need a, I need a, I need a cab. Ah, uh, yeah, cab. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cab. Um, time cab? Uh, seven. Oh my God, seven? It's 6.30 a.m. right now. I have to get to the <laughs> airport for seven. She like just points to the corner of the restaurant and goes, coffee. And she like demands me go sit and drink coffee until she figures out this cab situation for this stupid American. Uh, <laughs> but it all worked out. She's very nice. She's a lovely lady. And I felt very brave afterwards for working That's up the courage wonderful. to a make a phone call in a different language and then b have to ask for help in a different language. Good for this person. I, I mean, feel you. you approaching both those situations sound very brave to me. <laughs> they're like, mm -hmm. they're like anything could go wrong and you don't have an immediate fix. And you're like, well, let's do it. Here we go. <laughs> And Germans, even if they only speak German, if you speak English with a German accent, they generally understand you. Really? Yeah. I, I posted on Facebook. I only tried it with like my buddy that worked there. And he was like, don't say that. But he laughed. I was like, you're supposed to say like, hello, guten tag. And I just went, how duden, partner? <laughs> 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 and he, he, he chuckled. And then he immediately like the smile faded in a second. He went, no, we don't do that. If I laugh too much, he's going to do it to somebody he doesn't know. <laughs> German is a great language. I mean, I took I took two years of it in middle school. It was a very strange time for me. But what I like about German is like it's just like they just add words to the same word. So their words oh, yeah. like yeah. very, 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 very long with like three thousand consonants in it <laughs> and six umlauts. Yes. Yeah. There, there's like German words that are just straight up sentences. Krakenwagen. <laughs> the only one I can think of is Schadenfreude. <laughs> <laughs> I did uh, see some lovely um, uh, graffiti in in Germany, and I guess it's an online thing because there's one around my house too. But it says instead of "eat ass, hail Satan," <laughs> it says "hail ass, eat Satan." <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's got to be really valid options. <laughs> yeah, because there was some in Germany that said that, and then there was some on a bridge near my house, <laughs> and they both said the same thing. Uh, Dan, what's some other ones? 
All right. I want to do the one here that is other people. It's easier to be brave for others than for yourself. And this is a person speaking as a father. Yeah. There you go. That's a that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel that one. Because like there's there's like the two sides of it of like I can't help myself in this in like a situation, but to like step up if I'm step up if I'm needed to. But also if I have enough time to think about it, I can't picture myself doing nothing while someone else does something that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. That's like what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be here while they do it. Like it needs to get done. Let's do it. Yeah. There's that like idea too with with like especially with parents, I think, where you're like, I want to take away whatever this is that's hurting you. So if yep. there's something I can do, just like physically put myself in front, that's what I will do. Similarly, yeah. um, with while talking about this, another person wrote, uh, this is very specific, but hearing someone give a tourist wrong directions and confidently jumping in to correct them. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that is a very similar thing where it's like, you're not going to let this other person do the dumb thing. Let me jump in front of it and be like, actually, don't send this person to Allegheny. <laughs> like, they don't yeah. need to be there. <laughs> so the only other one we have here that that's not something we've really kind of touched on is speaking up at work. Sure. Yeah. Oh no, I see one that uh is is interesting and noble and we can end it on that one. But yeah, speaking up at work. Oh, uh, okay, I see that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh speaking up at work is a toughie. Let's just say that. I spend my evenings in my hobby trying to make people laugh, and somehow that is easier than being like, actually, I have a suggestion yeah. that may help, and I'm so I, sorry. I feel like I might be able to increase productivity. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to. <laughs> and then they throw a bottle of water at you, and you scamper out of the meeting room. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Uh, yeah, no, that's tough. I think it's because those people i might go back to like they're they're not your people they're the people that you have to be around Mm -hmm. and therefore they don't maybe a level of it they don't deserve that kind of uh like they don't deserve you at your best (laughs) you know what i mean so then you are afraid to do it there's definitely not that innate like comfort and openness of like a group of friends just sitting around and like you know i'm actually uncomfortable can i sit in a different seat kind of thing of like you can do that with your friends and no one's going to be mad. But like at yeah. work, they're going to be like, but that was my seat. <sighs> I fucking hate people. Um, the last <laughs> uh, one. That last one? Yeah. yeah, the last one is treating COVID patients. It's very brave. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you for actually choosing. A, I don't think this person is a comedian. So I appreciate you not trying to fucking do a lap in the comments. <laughs> 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 like... Honestly, I remember, I still remember vividly. This is the story I will tell my kids when they ask me, like, what was it like before the world ended? Uh, And it's uh, the day everything shut down. I had to go drive south. I was loading my car up uh, in South Philly. And some kids, because they were out of school, they're playing handball in the, like, park behind my house in Philadelphia. And their tennis ball jumps over the fence, and I go to pick it up. And a woman walking back from, like, Jefferson Medical, I went, don't touch that. (gasps) And I went, excuse me? She's like, it's not a good idea if you touch that. And she was like, I have some wet wipes. Just give them the ball. And then she gave me like an alcohol swab. And you could see that like she was already feeling the effects of this. And it was like day two. 
Oh my God. So folks treating COVID patients, incredibly brave. Uh, I can't believe that people are still doing it and not in the fact that like, we're still in there. There's a portion of that, but the fact that like you are still like, I, I need a mental health day. I call that a work. Somehow avoiding the burnout on that is unbelievable. I I'm incredibly impressed by it. Yeah. Uh, and you're wrong too. It's that like people couldn't even call out of work because then there'd be no one to work. So you just had to like work through the trauma and keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. You ready to get out of here? Let's get out of here. Ellie, thank you so much for doing this, for coming out. Come back anytime. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Um, never forget listeners at home. Uh, Danny is overconfident and I'm a child of divorce. Have a great week. (laughs) Feel Feelings is a Wasted Robot production. Editing done by Dan Getz. Music by George Bruderman. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Feel Feelings Pod and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm backslash feel feelings. If you're ever feeling any heavy emotions and feel like there's nowhere to turn to, please don't hesitate to reach out to us or to any of the resources in the show notes. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts. We're such a professional show!